I'm Tatiana Antonelli Abella, founder of Goombook, and you're listening to Forward Talks, Conversations That Matter. This episode continues our special series, Climate Leaders Rising Up to COP28, in partnership with MasterCard and with the support of the Dubai Media Office. I'm joined today by Sheikh Abdulaziz bin Ali Al Nuemi, popularly known as the Green Sheikh. In addition to his role as environmental advisor to the Ajman government, Sheikh Abdulaziz started the Al Hishan charity in 1998, which has since sponsored 900 orphans and helped sustain more than 5,000 underprivileged individuals and families. In this episode, we talk about his vision to inspire over a billion individuals with his new program for the youth, the Climate Champions, and his expectations from COP28. So, Your Highness, thank you so much for being here today with us. It's such a pleasure, and uh, we've known each other for a long time, at least 10 years. I think more. More? Well, believe me, it's more. Your journey is very inspiring, and I would love for you to tell your story, tell your journey. How did it start? How did the Green Sheikh come to life? Green Sheikh is a human being that he has some dream, uh, family members, my father, my mother, surrounding our uh, founder leader, uh, Sheikh Zayed, they look to the uh, land differently. They don't want to just uh, explode. They want to uh, construct, to save, to protect. That's what my dad do. That's what Sheikh Zayed do or did. So those leaders really had uh, influence in my uh, early life. And they are not saying it, they're doing it. So that's, you know, the values was rooted. We say from the roots to the fruits. And I'm now taking that fruit to see them again, to get another fruits for the another generations. Uh, to becoming a green sheikh is not a fame, is not a power, it's not a statue or a status, it's not a social, uh, you know, recognition. No, it's an emission, a mission. It is a message for me for uh, the world say that's cumulative and collective of education of how my parents raised me uh, lifestyle uh, good example travels seeing uh, many people from scientists engineers uh, companies uh, nature antarctica iceland the desert forest amazons all these places I visited. So the Green Sheikh is a name full of energy. Leading the world, not by power, by good example. Sheikh is a title, not just for power and fame, but for leading with a purpose and serving with aim. And this also makes it uh, accessible to everyone. We can all become green. We can all follow your values when you talk about, you know, having a purpose, having empathy. Uh, respecting nature, uh, protecting nature. All these are, are values that you inspire uh, people to, to follow. For us at Goombook, you've been fundamental when we actually launched the Drop It campaign. It was in 2016 and it was uh, focused on single-use plastics and you became the ambassador of the campaign. And I remember you showing everyone how you were using already since a long time a reusable bottle, uh, how you were drinking tap water, 
um, how you were instilling these uh, values and these examples to everyone around you. And, and you came to our first year anniversary, a year later, and, and you made me blow a balloon in front of everyone. <laughs> you still remember that. I still remember that. Um, why did you make me blow this balloon? <laughs> uh, to create a moment that you will not forget forever. You know, we all live in our life uh, millions of moments, but how we can hunt them or create them or make them that's memorable for life. So those small things really can create big achievement. It's so true. you still remember this even how many years now? Six, seven years, even more? Yeah, more. You'll be surprised by a lot of people still when they see me, they ask me, do you remember when the green sherry made you blow a balloon? Wow. <laughs> and, and you made the analogy of, okay, so now what is this balloon? And you asked the question to, to the audience and, um, and it was for you. Then you explained that the balloon was actually um, first the planet, but also the effort it takes in everything we do. Um, and also the, the strength to keep this balloon then with the air inside and not having flying away by releasing it and, and losing it. And of course, you had a lot of more analogies and, and, and uh, metaphors behind the balloon, but it's definitely something that kept the attention of, of more than 500 people in the room. See, this resembles what exactly, you know, very simple things and really has an impact to our lives. This message, when you share it with audience, either adults or children, they will remain it. And exactly we understand the, the whole cycle of how we really we can sustain and make life better. True. So for me, for, for, for many of us, you, you're definitely leading by example. And um, you've done so many different events, uh, participations. We've met in school uh, where you go and you talk to the students. Um, have you seen a change in these past 10, 15 years? Uh, in the region, in, in behavior? Well, there are uh, exponential change, to be honest. You know, when I, uh, early 90s, I was the chairman of Environment Friends Society. Before that, I was a volunteer uh, as a scuba diver, saving the, the ocean or the seas underwater. So we work with Paddy, cleaning up underwater, uh, small things to uh, bring awareness about uh, underwater habitat. So from there, I uh, becoming involved or becoming interested to go more in NGOs. And we really did a lot of uh, campaigns of education and awareness, not through us, through teachers. We train the teachers. We uh, co collaborate with the municipalities about planting trees at their schools, uh, with the community at their neighborhood. So. During that 90s, for me, it was the golden uh, time or the golden era for environmental awakening in the UAE. And people, the government were so supportive. The government of the UAE is so supportive, very wise, and they love the idea because, you know, we are the Emiratis, love nature, love the desert, love, uh, love the camels, love the, uh, the animals, uh, love the fish. So we, it's already, it's not new for us. It comes from our grandfathers, grandfather, our ancestors. They already uh, environmental friend societies. They already protect the environment naturally. And at was there is a, a movement of evolved through uh, media, 
through before social media. It was a normal video. Uh, the radio, the TV, we had the uh, episode in the TV every week called Environment and the Emirates for about one hour talking about Sheikh Zayed uh, progress, how he uh, focused on agriculture, how he uh, saved the, uh, the water, uh, the energy. At the early 90s, and we had a broadcast with Dubai TV. Many capacity, local, regional, and global. So that's even in early 90s. The beauty is that everything was in Arabic, right? In Arabic and also we have some Arab and English okay. uh, volunteers. Uh, we had uh, with some uh, United Nations like UNESCO, somebody from Qatar with UNESCO. They have sort of arrangement with us, UNDP, UNEP. They were with us as uh, NGOs. So we, as we say, friend, we are not pressure group. We want to make everybody on the pool together, how we can make things, you know, uh, consistent, uh, more impactful, and how we can fit rather than we conflict. And since then, I mean, your work has always been uh, based on um, being invited by the schools, by the governments. But lately, I see you've, you've really taken things into your hands and you've actually launched recently a whole program Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, called Climate Leaders. Can you tell us more about this sure. program? Sure, uh, Climate Champions. Climate Champions. Uh, climate Leaders, is, this is your program. This yes. might be for, <laughs> for adults, right? <laughs> See, you're still uh, hooked with the Climate Leaders. <laughs> the Climate Champions, uh, to prepare young generation to understand what their purpose and how they can focus on people and planet together. Then the profit, the profit could be tangible or intangible. So the young generation, they love to see a model. And the model who are really can understand them, can inspire them. Uh, you know, in, in Emirati or in tradition Emirati, not everybody is uh, can, uh, can stand up and can talk on, on public speaking. There are some good, uh, naturally they do. Some people can train, but there are many Children, they have, but they shy. And our culture is very shy culture. Uh, doesn't mean shy too much, no, but it's a sort of uh, respect. Sort of, uh, not like in the West or somewhere in other countries. But now, of course, the schools, university, they encourage them to do a lot of speaking. What I'm saying is to speak up doesn't mean you just make a, a sound, no. You speak with your words. And words mean something that can change the world. So with this young champions, it's not about just COP28, it's beyond COP28. So we see uh, the value for this young generation to see a model and give them some tools. Uh, education is there at school, uh, everywhere there, but they don't need that education. They need extra more, which is a transformation. Transformation through engagement, through doing together firsthand, planting a tree, and when plant tree with the purpose behind it, uh, what's the message, how we can follow that tree, uh, how I can connect uh, this with, with my life, with my life cycle. So it's, it's very enrichment in each value and each action. How can youth get in touch with you or how can they apply? Uh, is it open to everyone? Is it more for Arabic speaking uh, students? Do you have an age, specific age? Good question. Uh, at the start, I started with the friends first. Later on, this can be a bigger 
through schools. So the school can nominate young talented who have the courage, who can really are serious about the planet, serious about they becoming a champions. So we just started a nucleus, a nucleus, a small project of fifteen young girls. Ah, all girls. Yes, girls. Nice. Uh, second one, we'll do the boys, and then we will do more mixed to see even a competition between them. So with the first, we did this champion, uh, climate champion, uh, to see how they can provide solutions from their perspective, to see how they can tackle, how they can think, how can they imagine. Yeah, because youth is so creative. Yes. So the beginning, we start with friends and orphans. Oh, because you also uh, are the patron of... Uh Beautiful uh, charity, Alishan Foundation. Alihsan, yes. So that's easy for us to bring somebody close by to check their profile, their education, who are more serious. So we did a few interviews. So from the outer, there are, all of them are excellent. But we took three ambassadors. My daughter, Maryam, she's now 16 years old. She's becoming the blue sheikha. The blue for the ocean. So without the blue, there's no green. That's true. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> We're a so, blue planet. Yes. <laughs> so it's water and it's climate. So Mariam is one. Then Gaia. Gaia, the green or green Gaia. Gaia, she's now, I think, 14 years old. She's becoming the ambassador of COP28. Amazing. I've seen her actually. And I was uh, also impressed because her name in Arabic means purpose. Yes, Gaia. So she has a, a beautiful mission. The green purpose. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> That's the second. The third, she is from Korea, South Korea. Her name is Grace. Nice. And Grace is through the diplomatic. Her father, he's diplomat in the Korean, South and Korean embassy in Dubai. She an amazing, she uh, published books and art. Already? Uh, yes. How old is she? She's uh, 13 years old. 13? So Grace is very creative. A uh, young girl like Maryam, like uh, uh, Gaia, and we put them three of them into COP28 to speak, to raise their voice, to represent the champions of climate in the UAE and who lives in the world. Maryam, the climate champion who is beginning to be known as the Blue Sheikha also wrote a poem during the World Interfaith Harmony Week that was held in the UAE a couple of years ago. You'll find this at our episode link in our show notes. When we come back, I talk to the Green Sheikh about the challenges facing the youth today and his expectations from COP28. That's right after this short break. I wanted to take a minute and tell you about the Priceless Planet Coalition launched by our partners MasterCard. The coalition aims to restore 100 million trees around the world by 2025. You can visit the Priceless Planet Coalition website in our show notes to find out more and join the movement. Thank you to MasterCard for their support of Forward Talks and GoBook. Welcome back to my conversation with this episode's climate leader, Sheikh Abdulaziz bin Ali Al Noemi, known as the Green Sheikh. If I have to be honest, today watching the news, I personally feel powerless. And I would love a word of comfort from you to understand what can we do 
what can we do in this world to really change and, and help humanity out of this violence and this hate that, we, that surrounds us? We need to make our grassroots, our children, to be aware, to be a champions, to bring that tolerance, love, respect. Those values is really endangered values. So we need to put them back again and to trust our children. They're becoming champions for peace. That's the way I started, not just now, long time ago, four decades. I'm doing this, the environment is not for business, it's not for position, it's not for fame. No, because it's faith drive me this. Number one is my faith drive me me. God created me to be a steward in this planet. It's not for making money. The money will come and goes. But people, if they go, they can't come back again. It's gone. So that's why we need people to protect them and to inspire them to have this planet stable, equilibrium, in balance, and as, as, we, as we can try to less damage. The damage is there will be for a good, but how to minimize the damage? Also because it's hard to talk about, you know, protecting the planet when you have people suffering like this. And I believe it's important to make the link uh, between having a healthy planet and having people who can thrive. There's, it's impossible to think about peace if we're not going to have food, if we're not going to have clean water, if we're not going to have clean air. And so many times people don't make this link. And I feel, and maybe you, you, you share this experience, when, when we talk about sustainability and protecting the environment, the reaction is like, it's not a priority. There's more important things. And it's very complicated to actually change the narrative for, for, for people to understand actually without a healthy planet, a nature that sustains us, we're doomed. We're not going to have, you know, anything to live with. You know, number one, sustainability is security. Number one, it's not about food. It's not about secure. Am I secure? Now, look, if you go and now to what's happening, it's about security. How I can survive from what's happening. That's for me sustainable. Number one, it's not about food, not about water. It's about survival. So there are priorities. Uh, sustainable is a holistic if you see it, for it, it's in our faith, it's in our history, in your history, in my history. It's nothing new. But how we look at it, we look at it as a product. We look at it as it's manufactured. We look at it as a process. No, it's a life. So your uh, commitment to uh, creating a program such as the Climate Champions, of course, is to focus on youth. What are the challenges today for youth, globally, but also uh, here in the region? The challenges is destruction. Destruction of social media. And they follow who? So there are different role models now. Is this the right model or the bad model? They don't know. So they are confusing now with the social media, which is which. If you talk about sustainability or environment to young generation, it's boring for them. It's very boring. So you need to use a fun. You need to use some different delivery. Uh, I think the priority for a young generation now is about their self. They want to show themselves. 
not about to tell you how they are saving the environment. I cannot say 100%, but they are like a third of the youth might be focused on environment or sustainable through their education, through their hobbies, through their art, entertainment, could be. But there are 60% or 65% still, the environment for them is not priority. Could be number six, could be number seven, could be number eight in general. If I'm talking to another country which has have only one nationality, is it different? The case in the UAE is very complicated. I cannot really measure the environmental and sustainability awareness among youth. When you see youth, Emiratis or altogether with expat. So it's very challenging. Uh, again, the schools, university, they are also well, uh, well organized to uh, introduce sustainability in their curriculum, their projects, every project they graduate, uh, they have should be sustainable uh, thinking, sustainable design, all this together. I think the, in terms of education, it is so, uh, you know, competes uh, globally and internationally is a very high level of uh, understanding. So there are these challenges. Um, do you feel like uh, youth is struggling? Because I know that around the world we talk about eco-anxiety. A lot of youth feel powerless. They feel they can't do anything. The narrative around sustainability and climate is very negative, is very doom and gloom. And boring. And, and boring. boring. Um, they feel like they can't really do much. And even in the UAE, some clinics and hospitals have already recorded a few cases of eco-anxiety in, uh, in, in young people here. Is this a phenomenon? Yes. It's becoming globally? Yes. You know why? Because they live individual. They are not engaged with the society or with the tribe. They need a tribe to go on platform, to find the right tribe, the good ones, not the bad ones. When I mentioned that when we environment from society, when we led that society, it's not about me. It's not about famous. It's not about fame. It's about how inclusive, uh, determined people, male, female, children, Emirati, non-Emirati, everybody are welcome. But to show them integrity and authenticity. And we are not pressure group anymore. We can listen to the government, we can collaborate. We can also fulfill what the government also have vision and mission. We can uh, execute some of these projects through their support. So the, the one we have to go to find the tribe where we can fit in the good ones, either company or uh, society or a government or a club, anything that's really official, verified, and they have a clear vision. Thank you. I like the idea of the tribe, especially because it goes back to the goom. Mm. <laughs> the Bedouin tribe uh, traveling in the desert and being so sustainable. That's the roots. That's the roots and the heritage. So what is your expectation of COP? We, uh, we're very near to it. It's, it's coming. It's, it's having a very big influence uh, in the UAE and, and in the region. Do you expect... Anything specific from Yes, uh, the United Arab Emirates had done, from the government perspective, many things prior COP28. It was the first country in the region to ratify the uh, Paris Agreement. That's one of the countries. And in the UAE also hosted a headquarter, that's the International Renewable Energy Agency, 
in uh, the UAE. So there is a history for the UAE is not about COP28 before COP28, uh, like one or two dec dec decades. Uh, that's prepared UAE to be, uh, you know, ready for the commitment. So what I'm expecting really for COP28 is the momentum, creating momentum, not for the UAE, for the Gulf region. UAE, United Arab Emirates in the Gulf is a model. And I think this is the, to create momentum for the Gulf states is to advance their climate action ambition. That's number one. Number two, also the climate policy implementation. There are many policies not being implemented, being delayed, delayed through different COP. Uh, the other thing, the UAE will take advantage about the blind spot in COP27, COP26, COP25, and previous. Yeah. Connecting Africa. And when the, it was in the West, 27 and 20, it might be 27, was in Egypt, but wasn't really successful. Even in Europe, there were a lot of things they ignore Africa. Africa has a lot of wealth. The United Arab Emirates with Africa, they are collaborating with many initiatives funds, investment, financial of climate, resources, natural resources. So it will be an, a new way also supporting Africa. Uh, this is the mechanism to measure countries' progress after COP28. That's mm -hmm. what we mentioned. It's not about COP28. Beyond COP28 is the real measure to see who are serious and committed. To achieve the climate commitment is so important. It's all about collaboration. They have solutions, they have policies, they have knowledge, they know the temperature rising, they know the damages, they have finance, everything, but put them on action. Bring negotiators, renegotiator, not under the table. Everything on the table, clear. Because the negotiation, the clear one, and the good ones really make COP28 much advanced uncommitted to prove. So my expectation, this is what is about commitment, collaboration, and uh, in, uh, inviting or making the group of Gulf region and Arab more serious about it. What you say is, is, is beautiful and, and very true. I mean, the role of the UAE has always been to bring to the table the unexpected players. Um, we've, we haven't seen some countries participating at the past COPs and we hope that the UAE is going to be able to bring them to the table. We know that um, His Excellency Dr. Sultan uh, Al-Jabra met with um, a, a, a representation from China. He traveled to China to try to bring them in. We know the investment done um, in Africa. We know the partnerships and, and the programs done, for example, to plant mangroves under the Ministry of Climate Change in Indonesia and how they're looking at supporting uh, the countries who are uh, in need of, of, of help. Um, a lot of expectations. <laughs> there are many, but for me, there are three important things. The commitment, mm -hmm. uh, encouraging uh, Gulf countries to become more uh, moment, there the momentum. And the third is putting people on, on board, you know, to be really serious, to be partners of this, uh, you know, collaboration. Are you going to have any event or activities at COP yourself? Yes, they will be uh, the the first day, the 30th of November, I will be with the climate champions. So we're going to have a space and a voice. 
to bring the climate cham uh, champion to speak up, to tell their stories, to tell about what the message they want to deliver globally. That's one. Second, I want to share as a speaker my role, uh, not just now, what's inspired people around the world and how we have already the solution, but how we can really bring them together and put them in action, uh, real actions on first hand. The third, also, I get invited through the interfaith and how can faith be involved in climate action? Because faith is truly uh, very powerful to bring people on peace and tolerance. All different faith, how can really move mountains? This is the best message we can give everyone, especially in these very difficult moments um, in the world. Is there any quote you want to share with uh, our listeners, something that inspired you? There are many quotes, but this one is very interesting and I love it. It's short, but so powerful. We cannot protect the environment unless we change the way we live. It's about behavior change. It's about what we do from the morning till we sleep and how we sleep, how we eat, how we consume, how to walk, how to communicate, how to move. All this comes through our actions. Who's the quote by? Oh, uh, yes. Margaret Mead. She's an American cultural anthropologist who studied and wrote about human culture and behavior. Thank you so much, Abdulaziz, for being here today, for sharing your wisdom, your passion, and for inspiring everyone always uh, through your words. Thank you also for the poems. Um, we will add them to the footnotes of uh, the episode. And um, I look forward to seeing you at COP and I will come and, and I would love to meet your, your amazing champions. I'm so happy that we made this podcast because you are also uh, committed. You have that, not just a passion, uh, with knowledge, with experience and belief, putting all together and the relationship with different public, the private and NGOs. That's really, you're a champion. You're also the champion, to be honest. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to say climate champion or sustainable champion, right? And I'm so proud to see uh, somebody like you with us here. Um, we work together and other people uh, around us also can uh, unite and make a difference, not just in this country or in the United States, uh, globally. Thank you. You can find out more about Sheikh Abdulaziz by visiting greensheikhacademy.com and about his Alishan Charity Foundation at alishan.ae. Thank you for joining me today. Forward Talks is brought to you by Goombook in partnership with Mastercard and with the support of the Dubai Media Office. I'm Tatiana Antonelia Beya, and this episode was produced by Samantha K. Ruz, Anurada Bhattacharya, Janelle Lopez, and Chirag Disei. See you again soon.